and welcome to the Storied Book Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Gray, and I am so happy to be here with you today. Thank you for all of the lovely response to my first episode. I'm happy you all enjoyed it, and I'm excited to continue to bring you some interesting stories and uh, historical tidbits that I find. So, looking outside my window, I think you could say the weather outside is weather. And if you're like me, you're not the most fond of the cold, blustery business that we've got going outside our windows at this time of year. If you are listening to this from someplace warm, I hate you very, very much right now. (laughs) Um, But I can't help but have a sense of wonder at this time of year. Uh, with so many major holidays celebrated around the world and in multiple religions and even people of no faith celebrating uh, this time of year. It's really nice to see such pomp and circumstance throughout culture, uh, just worldwide. Um, So you wouldn't be listening, though, to this podcast if you didn't want some sort of aspect of book history now, would you? So thinking about the holidays and about book history, I think we're gonna, we're gonna go on a little journey in this episode to the land of volcanoes, glaciers, sunless winters, and the traditional smorgasbord. Yes, we are going to Iceland. I'm gonna offer a blanket apology right up here at the start of this episode. We're going to Iceland, we're going to a couple other places later, and I am certain I am going to butcher the pronunciation of some things. So, just a blanket apology in advance if I horribly mispronounce something. So, one of the coolest holiday traditions that um, I've ever heard of is called Holabokaflod, apologies, um, which translates to, um, from Icelandic, to Yule Book Flood. And it's something that occurs every Christmas Eve in Iceland and people all over the country come together and exchange books and spend the evening reading, which I cannot think of a better way to spend Christmas Eve. Um, So according to holabokaflod.org, the holiday actually began in 1944, which was the year that Iceland gained its independence from Denmark. And during World War II, uh, most everything but paper was rationed, so Icelanders welcomed the opportunity to give books to each other as gifts. Uh, And thus, a tradition was born where the Icelandic book trade uh, actually still to this day publishes an annual catalog um, sometime in November, and folks around the country order books for their friends and family to get them in time for Christmas. So gifts um, in Iceland are all gifts. Um, are exchanged on Christmas Eve, and people tend to immediately rip off the the paper from their books and um, sit down and start reading. And so, in addition to reading, people celebrate with a hot cup of cocoa or hola blonde, which is an alcohol-free Christmas ale. Um, As an aside, uh, we have to talk about Reykjavik if we are talking about Iceland. It is such a cool city and a cool book city. Uh, Iceland is actually the third most literate country in the world, um, right behind Finland and Norway. Um, More than 93% of the population is considered literate, and actually that number, uh, that's kind of an old statistic, so that number is probably closer to 97, 98, 99% literate, which is amazing. Uh, It's uh, Icelanders uh, see it as a point of pride, 
that they have such high literacy rates, which I think is awesome. And they uh, talk about it uh, as a success of the country's emphasis on education. Now, to give a comparison to um, the U.S., where, where the majority of our listeners come from, um, the U.S. is at 73% literacy rate. So we, we have some room for improvement there. So going back to Reykjavik, um, it's the capital of Iceland, and it was actually named a UNESCO City of Literature in 2011 because uh, it met a number of criteria, including an emphasis on publishing, book selling, literacy events, presence of libraries and newspapers, and an active promotion of books and literacy. And it's actually just one of 39 cities of literature in the world, which is pretty amazing. So... Hola Boca Flood has uh, kind of actually taken the world by storm in the last 10 years or so, thanks in part to some global reporting that has increased awareness. I actually learned about the holiday from an NPR story, and from there I just fell in love, and it seems that I am not the only one. So it's now celebrated by people all over the world, and there are actually organized efforts in London and some other European cities, as well as pockets throughout the U.S., I just think that that is wonderful, and this Christmas Eve, I plan on settling down with a new book in my own little personal celebration of Hola Boca Flood. Uh, but there are more traditions out there than just Hola Boca Flood. Uh, and looking specifically at Christmas traditions, we can actually, we're going to take this, we're taking it back now, y'all, and we're going to look at the living nativity scene, which is usually accompanied by a reading from the Bible. It is a, really a book tradition, uh, the good book tradition, but a book tradition nonetheless. So our boy, St. Francis of Assisi, he's going to get that gold star for the first nativity scene, uh, which he actually staged in a cave in central Italy in 1223 CE. Uh, it's a far cry from the uh, many uh, nativity scenes that we see now in households across the world, which are usually just like this tiny tableau of figurines brought out during the Christmas holidays. But St. Francis, uh, his whole thing was a, was a living nativity scene, so people and animals portraying the birth of Christ, um, and it was actually it was blessed by the Pope at the time, so it went over pretty well with the leadership. So we can also talk about how Christmas itself has had an impact in a number of works of literature. Uh, I think perhaps the most famous would be Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. That comes to mind, I'm sure, not just for me, but for many people. Uh, but it's not just Christmas time this time of year. There are a number of other holidays usually timed by the winter solstice, which is usually either December 20th or the 21st, which is the shortest day of the year. And that uh, short day uh, kind of brings about a lot of thoughts of rebirth um, because from the winter solstice onward, the days grow long until we hit the summer solstice. Um, and so there are a few holidays around the world that have some aspect to do with the winter solstice that also have an aspect of reading to them. One in particular that I just learned about in researching this episode is the Iranian holiday of Shab-e-Yalda, which translates to the night of birth and also known as Yalda night. And on Yalda night, Iranian uh, people celebrate with friends and family where they gather to eat and socialize and read poetry aloud through the night, many of them staying up 
through the night to watch the first rays of sun on the next day. And the poetry that they read is specifically poetry of the Persian poet Hafiz. Uh, And so the origins of this holiday, it's kind of beautiful, are a celebration of Mithra, the sun god's victory over the darkness, which you can see kind of represented by the winter solstice, that uh, the the sun uh, is victorious and days get to grow longer from then on out. So uh, those are just a couple of holidays that I learned about, uh, but it's something that, this is something that you can celebrate personally, too. Um, you can bring book traditions into your own holiday celebrations, and in our household, uh, we've recently started a New Year's Day tradition of rewatching all of the Lord of the Rings films, um, and we watch the director's cuts in our household because we aren't a bunch of chickens, um, But and I know that's it's kind of cheating because that's not reading per se, but it is related, just like it's related for everyone who makes time to rewatch whatever version of A Christmas Carol they like the best in our household that would be the Muppet Christmas Carol. So I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about holiday traditions that have a little bit of bookish influence on them. Uh, I have a couple of thank yous. Thank you to Purple Planet Music for the use of our opening music. The song Cascades is provided as royalty free and that is just stupendous. Um, This podcast is now on a number of platforms, holy cow, um, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. Please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps get Storied Book out to other people. And thank you for joining me. Let me know on Twitter at the Amanda Gray or at Storied Book Pod what you would like to hear about next. I have a couple ideas in in the hopper, but I'm more than well are more than willing to welcome other ideas. And to conclude, as Neil Gaiman said, a book is a dream that you hold in your hands. May you dream well, friends. Until next time, I've been Amanda Gray, and this has been the Storied Book Podcast. <laughs>